the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. Thanks for tuning in, Ridiculous Historians. Today, we have a rather cheeky episode for you. Huh? Ben, you cheeky bastard. <laughs> well, I want to be, uh, <laughs> be barefaced about what we're getting into here today, Noel. Herman Punster over here. <laughs> right. We, uh, we do want to say that we hope you enjoy the uh, occasional dad joke and pun that happens here on Ridiculous History. Uh, but we do want to warn you, these puns have not been approved by our super producer, Casey Pegram. Yeah, in fact, sometimes he'll make a face. Yes. But sometimes it's a good face. Yeah, yeah. You know, we spend a lot of time during recording saying stuff to make each other laugh. Yeah. And then uh, hopefully you can see it one day, friends and neighbors. Noel and I will make a joke trying to crack the other one up, and then we'll both turn. Well, you probably hear the sounds of our necks whipping around, yeah. like over to Casey. Approve of us, Casey. For, for a nod. <laughs> Just any kind of errant glance, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, we, we hinge on it. Uh, and we do so uh, in, in the spirit of decorum, Conversations Between Gentlemen. Uh, this episode is about something that is very undecorous, and I wanted to open with a question. Don't have to answer. Don't feel obligated. I was hoping it was going to be a song. A question in the form of a song. Give it to me. Uh, have you ever mooned someone? No. You haven't? I do, not that I recall. <laughs> I uh, like that answer. Okay, yeah, that's, that's incriminating. I mean, no, I don't... Have a distinct memory of, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, you know, a girlfriend. May, now I'm getting too personal. <laughs> that sounds weird. Dope. You know, a little cheeky uh, flash. Mm -hmm. You know, a little flash of the cheek, sure. but not as an insult. Right. Not not as not to degrade someone. No, sir. I will tell you a true story that stays just between you, Casey, me, and 
everyone listening to this show. Hey, man, we're all friends here. I did, uh, I did moon someone once as an insult in what? high school. Yeah, it was my junior year. There was a, uh, a villain, a bully in, in my high school. He yeah. was uh, the year above me, and the kid was um, a sack of bricks from the neck up, uh-huh. not the not the brightest crayon in the box. Oh, I thought you meant like he was built like a brick ship house. He was also a big dude. Yeah. And uh, he made life miserable for my friends and I. And there was a gas station that people would go to uh-huh. every day after uh, school. To hang. To hang, to pick up sodas, mm-hmm. to try to mack on each other yeah. and whatnot. And this guy was advertising one day near the end of the school year he was advertising a house party at his place and he drove a jeep he thought of course he did yeah an open air jeep and he thought it would be a great idea for him to strip down to his skivvies put on a sandwich board sign advertising his house party and walk up and down the street between the school and the gas station sounds like a punishment we Really didn't like this guy, me and my posse. And so while we were at the gas station, spur of the moment, terrible impulse, don't try this at home, kids. We took his clothes out of his Jeep and then we drove by in my car and stopped and then mooned him and drove away, waving his clothes. Mm -hmm. He ran in his underwear to his Jeep, reared off chasing after us, and it was also the the first day I mooned someone as an insult was also the first day I got involved in a car chase. Okay. The bully didn't, uh, you know, murder anybody. He chased you, a little high-speed car chase, a little bit of uh, fist shaking. But, um, you know, no lives were lost in this particular mooning incident. Right. Well, we don't have to go to the rest of the story, too. Oh, <laughs> but, okay. That's uh, for another but, day. Yeah, it's just, just the mooning part is is pertinent for today's episode because you are right. Mooning for some reason, is universally acknowledged as an insult to someone, right? It's not, it's not like a, uh, another form of a wave, right? And in today's episode, you and I discovered a story about just how far back the practice known as mooning goes. And maybe this is over-explaining it, but what do you think? Do you think we should tell people, just in case they're hearing this, tell people what mooning actually is? Yeah, I mean, I, I if they haven't figured it out by now or didn't already know, I'm worried about them. Mm-hmm. But why don't we do it? Mooning, the act of mooning, bearing your moon, mm-hmm. your, your your hindquarters, your your backside, dropping trow, dropping trow, or lifting a kilt or a skirt, etc. Oh, yeah, yeah, and then... lifting the kilt or the skirt, like in Braveheart. Mm-hmm. Remember that? Yeah, oh, apparently yeah. some historical truth to that, but it was actually flipped around the other way. It, it was, was the it was the English. <laughs> Mooning the, the Scots. Oh. That's what I read. Because I believe in the film, they, the Scottish forces mo- show their backsides, yep. but then also show their front sides. That's right. Don't they do an about face? Or they, yeah. yeah. It was the double, the, the, yeah, the moon and the sun. It was very choreographed as well. Yeah. Uh, so that's interesting. I didn't know that. That was the English, huh? That's what, yeah, apparently in, in, in real, real life skis. Um, but we're going back to what some have dubbed the original moon. Yes, the earliest recorded mooning, according to many sources. It goes all the way back to the first century A.D. The very first one. The very first one. And to tell the story, we're relying on an author named Josephus. Our boy Josephus? Mm Mm-hmm. Man. 
<laughs> Young Feezus himself. Yeah, I know. I mean, he, he's got an interesting story uh, all his own. But let's um, let's start with the initial story that Josephus has to tell us about this uh, historical display of arse. Yes, yes. Okay, so Josephus wrote a book called The Jewish War. And in this book, he tells a, a story of a very strange event that occurred between the Jewish people and the occupying Roman soldiers. So Roman forces during what's dubbed the Pax Romana, which is kind of interesting considering that means peace of Rome, but it wasn't so peaceful. There was there were outright rebels and there were revolts brewing in this land um, against these occupying forces. And there were a lot of factors at play because there were religious zealots who wanted to purify the Jewish faith. Right. And then there were ones that were a little more amenable to their invaders, mm-hmm. you know, and wanted to, were, were kind of OK with continuing with this way of life as long as they were able to maintain some of the tenets of their Jewish faith. So what we're seeing here in Josephus' story is a clash involving some of those more zealous forces. Yeah, yeah, because whenever there is an occupying force, there is inevitably going to be some sort of tension, and this situation was no different. Imagine, if you can, uh, living in a city wherein you and your entire community are under the thumb, whether benevolent or whether brutal, you're under the thumb of uh, foreign forces, an alien culture that doesn't hold the values you hold, that doesn't believe in the traditions that you have practiced since time immemorial. Obviously, there's going to be some tension. Noel, I think you did a fantastic job laying out the the differences between these groups. And we're not going to go all the way into every nuance of this, but there is a lot of back and forth in this conflict between Rome and the um, the people of Israel, mm-hmm. uh, ultimately resulting in the Romans being expelled and, and largely massacred. Um, but that's almost a whole episode unto itself that is, is pretty heavy and uh, full of bloodshed. We're talking about moonings today. That's right. That's right. So the situation becomes incredibly tense during the Passover season because crowds and crowds of people are flocking to Jerusalem and this is a powder keg. Any small excuse could become the feather that breaks the camel's back in terms of war. And there's an excellent recount of this in a book called The Jewish Revolts Against Rome, A.D. 66 to 135, a military analysis by James J. Bloom. So here's the situation. The Roman prefect who is in charge of these occupying forces would routinely post soldiers atop battlements so that they could have an unparalleled or superior view of the proceedings, of the the pilgrimages, the visitors, the Passover. Yeah, make sure no one was stirring any uh, stirring any mess. Yeah, no mm-hmm. domestic unrest, right? And, and who was w- in charge at this point? Do you remember? Cestius Gallus. Yes, sir. That's the one. Yes. Yeah, so he uh, he had these soldiers looking for any sign of agitation because, at least from the prefect's perspective, no one wanted, to quote Michael Jackson, no one wanted to be starting something. 
But unfortunately, those plans went awry because of a single Roman soldier. Yeah, this unnamed soldier um, thought it'd be real cute if he um, did the thing in question here, pulled down his, his, what did he have, like a skirt? Yeah, he... uh, Like one of those battle skirts? He had something covering his tuchus and he removed it. And I'm guessing, no, he was commando because, you know... (laughs) Yeah. He was kind of a, a, a soldier, I guess. Um, where's that term coming from, Ben? Going commando? Do you really think commandos didn't wear underpants? That, that that seems to be a bad idea. Seems like you'd get swamp ass. Yeah, it seems like, especially if you're on a commando mission, um, you would want all the protection you can right. have. Uh, so I think going commando dates back to the Vietnam War. At okay. least that's when it got popular because people would say that these folks, these commandos, went without underwear to increase ventilation and reduce moisture. Oh. So they dried out. The other way around then. Yeah. But it it still doesn't make sense to me. No, it's fine. Anyway, (laughs) we digress. This particular fellow sure seems like he had easy access to his bits, right? Yeah. Because he didn't, you know, you don't see it written that he, you know, gingerly removed his breeches. No, it's he, like, pulled up something Mm -hmm. and let it fly um and to quote the account you want to do this ben i think this i think if, if you care to this is a no, fun you are you it. sure yeah all right. all right i'll do it i'll do it um josephus you know i realize why i think that's funny i think of bocephus mm-hmm. which is the nickname for i believe hank williams <laughs> bocephus mm-hmm. so that's i can never separate those two but yeah josephus describes uh the historical mooning as such One of the soldiers, raising his robe, stooped in an indecent attitude so as to turn his backside to the Jews and made a noise in keeping with his posture. Does that mean he let fly a a toot? That means he either either he actually flatulated Mm -hmm. or the version that I think is, for some reason, much funnier, is he leaned over and made the noise with his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yours is better. There's 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 different. No, but I put my hands on my face. Right. So he couldn't have done that. He definitely couldn't right? because he was holding his his, 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 his skirts, his, his robe, his robe, yeah. skirt, whatever. Yeah. Um. And this <laughs> this did not go over well, my friend, because no. these were pilgrims on a uh, during an uh, a very high holy time, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, it's a holy day. It's it's a very serious somber, mm-hmm. thankful time. And they're already beefed up with these Roman jerks, you know, who are yeah. just hanging around with their skirts. Bossing people around. Their spears. Well, yeah, yeah it, honestly, it's tremendously offensive to deride somebody's religion yeah. at any point, but especially when they're in the middle of one of the most important celebrations they have. I'm trying to picture this, too. Can you picture this scene? Like, what? how was this guy able to make himself such a such a display, you know? Because he was on that battle uh-huh. so he's on raised ground. But the, the other thing that's weird about this is that we know very little about his motivation other than that he was, as Josephus says, contemptuous, you know? Mm-hmm. So was it something where he had had some strong wine and had one of those hold my beer moments. Yes. He had drained his wine skin. Yes. Yeah. You know, up on the, up on the battlements in the hot sun. Or was he really just a sober, bad tempered person? Yeah. Cause Ben, I mean, it's pretty clear from the history here that neither side cared much for the other. 
Right. Well, why would you, if you were, if you were a Jerusalem native, yeah. why would you be buddy-buddy with these people? There was some weird side-switching, though, mm-hmm. um, and our boy Josephus was one of these uh, defectors. He, he initially was actually put in command of a force of rebels um, on the Jewish side and then hopped sides over to the Roman side, and he ended up becoming the historian that told these accounts, and he is considered by many historians to be particularly manipulative and untrustworthy. So he's kind of an unreliable narrator here, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but it's all we've got. And it's, you know, uh, a primary source because he was there, but he also may well have been a a bit of a self-aggrandizing liar. Right. Yeah, that's that's the thing. So his in his lifetime, he was born in 37 CE or 37 AD, mm-hmm. CE for common era, AD for after the death of Jesus Christ. Anno Domini. Anno right? Domini. Mm-hmm. Yes. Nail on the head. No. And he died around 100 CE. And so when we go to this record of this earliest recorded mooning, it's him writing about this event far after the fact, but he was definitely involved in the political and military conflicts of the time. He was, you know, as, as you said, the head of Jewish forces in Galilee until he surrendered in 67 to Roman forces. Right. And then he decided to stay on. He had been a slave. He had been an interpreter. Very uh, fascinating life. Yeah. This man led. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right, Noel. It's, it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. We have to take it with a grain of salt when we hear 
the stories as told primarily by Josephus? Is he writing to sort of polish his own image? Is he factually reporting? And if so, to what degree? He is held up uh, in the Jewish community, it seems, as being at least an important chronicler of some of these battles because he was there. But even in this article I found from a, a beautifully named website called The Jewniverse, mm-hmm. um, they describe him as a famously self-aggrandizing ancient historian. Um, but he wrote such works as The Jewish War, which is where this account is from, uh, Jewish Antiquities, and Against Apion. Yeah, that's a a two-volume defense of Judaism as classical religion and philosophy. He's a very Mm well-written, prolific man. Yes, and speaking of that, I actually found a a translation of the incident, we'll call it, uh, that I much prefer. Um, This is just the the wording is is, is glorious. Which one is this? Uh, It's just – it's in this article in the Juniverse, and it's just – it's the same – it's obviously the same text as what we read a minute ago, but I just think this particular translation is way more fun. Um, this this one describes the soldier as um, th- that he pulled back his garment and cowering down after an indecent manner, turned his breach to the Jews and spake such words as you might expect upon such a posture. I love the idea of he, that he spake. Yes. Now this makes us think whether there is a difference in translation. Was he making a farting noise with his mouth? Was he saying something offensive like, you know, uh, snarf my butt, people? I don't know. Ben, never did I think those words would let fly from those luxurious lips of yours. Thank you. Thank you. It's called a Cupid's bow, the top one. (laughs) So so, uh, we don't think they said snarf. We're speculating there. But despite the fact that many people nowadays love a good bit of uh, crass, butt-oriented humor, there's a time and a place for it. And that was true in this instance because the crowd did not react well to this. No one was like, look at that guy's mm-hmm. butt. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah no, I, guess I started going down that uh, path earlier and I think we got distracted with more butt-related uh, uh, lore. Yeah. But yeah, no, this did not go well. This did not go well. Um, and also that that commander we were talking about, Gallus, yeah. he was kind of considered um, a bit of a dunderhead or like a bit of kind of an overreacting uh, dolt when it yeah. came to being a military uh, superior. And there have been a lot of incidents leading up to this that were already causing a lot of uh, divisive feelings between the Jews and their occupiers. I believe there was some destruction of some sacred scrolls uh-huh. and just just – in general, bad behavior on the part of these occupying forces toward the religion of the natives. Yeah, so you can read an excellent article about this from HistoryNet, The Great Siege of Jerusalem by Ralph Peters, which details some of the context leading up to this. And we have to establish that because it's easy to look at this single incident in a vacuum and say, Sure, mooning someone may be impolite, but it's not a cause for citywide pandemonium. So this was something that was happening in addition to many profoundly offensive and disrespectful things. Burning sacred scrolls, that's a huge one. But also there were recent crises that had occurred in Afghanistan at the time. And... They also strong-armed the temple priest 
into making a massive payment to Rome. So they were stealing from the people as well. That's right. Was that the Pharisees? There were all these different classes. And um, I believe that Josephus was initially part of the Pharisees, and they were a sect of priests um, that get sort of a bad rap because of their uh, place in the Bible and their interactions with Jesus and Mm -hmm. the idea of the Pharisees and the money changers and all that of being the sign of greed and hypocrisy. Um, But they were largely responsible for preserving some of the important religious texts Mm -hmm. of this faith. So there's a lot of interesting stuff in the the history of, of, of the Jewish people. Really, really fascinating stuff. I mean, they were a kingdom, you know, yeah, the absolutely. kingdom of Judea and like yeah. the Maccabees. And, you know, they were always able to fight off their occupiers and they were constantly being jacked with. Right. Yeah. Rome was one in a series. Yeah. I mean, initially there was the Persian conquest and there was the Hellenistic period with Alexander the Great. And there was even this sense of a lot of the, uh, a lot of Jews, parts of sects of the society wanted to become Hellenized Mm -hmm. or they wanted to become more Greek and kind of abandon the old ways. So there's always this struggle between um, religious zealots, people that want to like keep the faith pure and, you know, more fair weather Jews that uh, I think want to be more assimilated into their invading culture, right? Assimilation is the word and the, the threat of assimilation looms large, right? And not just in this situation, but in situations throughout history. And so it is within this rich and dangerous cultural soil that uh, this seed of discord, this act of mooning by an unidentified Roman soldier act of mooning. Yeah, sprouts and spreads because not only do the people not like it, not only does no one go, <laughs> butt stuff. No, the people riot. Oh yeah. No, they, they, uh, they ass out. Eh? Is that okay? Yeah, I think that's fine. I think, well, it's, it's appropriate. Yeah. But no, I mean, they're, you know, this assembled crowd of thousands, that, I mean, upwards of over 30,000, mm-hmm. because that is the number reported that were killed. By Josephus, yeah. Yeah. He says that the, the riot occurs, and all told, when the dust settles, 30,000 people, uh, Jewish and Roman, lost their lives. And part of this, this is a little bit uh, maybe outside of the documented facts here, but part of this we can assume would be due to Gallus's incredibly belligerent and bellicose nature. And just utter skittishness, right? Mm -hmm. Because he called in the troops big time, overcorrected, and then gave the order to, you know, fire at him, boys. They're sticking with spears. Right, right. An over-response. He sent in Roman soldiers not just to quell the riot or calm the people, but to punish and injure them. And that is what sprouted the seed. Now, we, we don't have any information on what that unknown Roman soldier was doing as he was on the battlement watching this riot occur. Did he go down to attack some of these innocent men, women, and children? Did he just stay up there thinking that he had discovered one of the world's most amazing and dangerous insults? The atom bomb of <laughs> rude physical gestures? Atom bum. The atom bum. There we go. So we don't know what happened to him, but we do know that this is the earliest recorded mooning. So if you have ever been mooned, or if you like have, your bully, right. probably broke his mind. 
It probably drove him <laughs> mad, Ben. <laughs> you know, okay. Okay. Last thing I'll say about that, Noel. It was a car of us. Were you doing pheasant under glass? What's what's that? Were you pressing your bare butts against the window? I mean, one guy definitely was. One of the guys in the back, yeah. That's pheasant under glass. I had no idea. That yeah. is such a classy name <laughs> for, for such, such a class. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess so. I guess so. Pheasant under glass. Huh? Well. That's an advanced moon. That's like some next level mooning. So, so whether you have mooned someone or been mooned before, we hope that this episode helps you be aware that you are either the victim of or the practitioner of an ancient form of derision. But Ben, I want to talk about more historical mooning. <laughs> so glad you do, Noel. Uh, off air, we were looking into some really unusual and fascinating ones. Uh, wh- what do you got? What do you got? Ben, I really appreciate you letting me go first. You know how much uh, how much I love this topic. Absolutely. Um, we both found and have been really enjoying a, a fantastic article on uh, Slate.com, the very classy name, Mooning, A History by Forrest Wickman. Um, Mentioned briefly earlier, the whole Braveheart, Sun and Moon uh, gesture thing was actually flipped the other way around. It was the English taunting the Scottish Mm -hmm. with their their butts. Um, I I think this article was a good way to start here. It's just, let's talk about, let's get back to the the coinage of the term mooning. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you see, Ben, while this act was ancient, it didn't really get a proper name until the 1960s, when the Oxford English Dictionary got an entry for the word that attributed it to student slang of the 60s, um, because it became a really popular thing to do in university. In America, specifically. Exactly. And that's that's important, because uh, I believe that the description, the use of the word moon as a euphemism for butt or buttocks dates back to the 1700s or the 18th century. But the reason I think it's interesting that it's traced to American or U.S. student slang is because American English is notorious for the practice of turning every single word into a verb. You and I have done it on multiple shows. Yeah, like squatching. Yeah, from exactly. The, from the Sasquatch episode. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's nice to know that that linguistic tradition precedes us. But I I am so fascinated by the fact that this this act has been described multiple times in literature, in fiction, and nonfiction, and they didn't come up with a convenient term for it for centuries. For heck, for millennia, uh, we know that uh, we know that during the Fourth Crusade in 1203, Western Europeans were attempting to take Constantinople, but they failed, and they sailed away in defeat. And as they were sailing away, the Byzantine forces hooted at them, hollered at them, and quote showed their bare buttocks in derision to the fleeing foe. Derision, you say? <laughs> yeah, because this act, you're essentially, like, sexually harassing someone from afar. That's what that yeah. is. And yeah, and then I guess, I guess it is somewhat counterintuitive because in the animal world, often when other mammals show their posterior to uh, a creature, it's an act of submission, right? Yeah, it's like, hey, come, come get you some of this. Right, This right. butt. Yeah. Yeah. So now it's now it's clearly an insult.
Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. Celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women. Creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection. Obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes 3 extra small through 6X. Visit TomboyX.com. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, temp to hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position, warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Of course, where would we be if we did not mention one of the most well-known retellings or depictions of mooning in the English language? And that is, of course, the Miller's Tale from Chaucer's The Canterbury Tales. Old saucy Chaucy and those <laughs> baldy baldy Canterbury Tales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chauss the Sauce, that's mm, him. There you go. So in the frame story of the Canterbury Tales, a group of people who are traveling decide to travel together and to pass the time in their travels, they tell each other's stories. They're, these people are described often by like their occupations. So there's a partner, for instance, who carries relics and charges people to get close to these religious artifacts. And then there is the miller who is in a wild plot twist, the Miller. But we have a very saucy tale from the Miller himself. We're not going to read the whole thing, but there are some parts that we think you will find choice. Ooh, Ben, can we do the back and forth where one of us is the old Englishman and the other is the translator? For sure. Which one do you want to do? Um, can I be the translator? I feel like you have a little more expertise when it comes to this work. I believe you oh. studied it in school. Yeah? Uh, I, I did, but my pronunciation is going to be terrible. So. God, I wish Jonathan Strickland, the quizster, was here in his uh, Renaissance Fair regalia. He would uh, lean into this hard, let me yeah. tell you what. He might be here. We never know. Well, let's, why don't you channel yeah, him a yeah, little let's, bit? Yeah, let's All go right. for this. So just so we don't have to read the whole thing, can Ooh. you give us a little uh, quick and dirty of uh, how we get to the part that we're about to start? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the Miller's Tale is this story about a carpenter and his wife and these two students or clerks that are trying to get her into bed. The carpenter is a guy named John, and he lives in Oxford. His wife is a lot 
younger than him, and she is known as a the the local hottie, mm-hmm. right? Isn't this like a cuckolding story, kind of? Isn't there? A- yeah, yeah. And uh, what what we'll do without going into the <laughs> without going into the entire uh, setup to the story, we'll read you the juicy bit wherein a character named Absalon attempts to uh, pursue this wife romantically. And there's some uh, climbing up uh, a ladder into a window kind of action going on here. So let us begin. Lemon, thy grace, and sweet bird, then all. Sweetheart, your favor, and sweet bird, your kindness. The window she undoeth, and that in haste. She unlatched the window quickly. Have do, quoth she, come off and speed thee fast. Go ahead, she said, come on, and do it quickly. Lest that our neighbors thee espy. Yeah, in case our neighbors see us. This Absalon gan wipe his mouth full dry. (laughs) This Absalon began to wipe his mouth dry. Dirk was the night as pitch or as the coal. The night was dark, yeah, like pitch or coal. And at the window out she put her hole. And out the window she put her hole. (laughs) We're a family show. Okay, okay, okay. And Absalom, him fill no bet newares. This part confuses me. And as for Absalom, it happened. No better, nor worse. But with his mouth, he kissed her naked ears. <laughs> <laughs> so body. They teach this in school, man. This, yeah. is, a, this is We're still a family show. Um, a translation, if you couldn't use your imagination there. But with his mouth. But with his mouth, he kissed her naked arse. Full savorly, ere he was war of this. Most enjoyable, before he realized what he was kissing. Aback he stared, and thought it was a miss. Back he started, and thought something was wrong. <laughs> Here we go. For well he wist a woman hath no bird. For he well knew women have no beards. I feel like we have to slow clap. I'm, I'm, I'm applauding for Chaucer. Yeah. Uh, and also for Ben Bolin and your fantastic Old English uh, uh, brogue. What do you call that? Oh I don't my even gosh. know. It was that, good. That it was wasn't good. even Old English. It was Thank fun. You. Let's whatever, hear it whatever from it was. Brown, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, man, you're too kind. You're too kind. And let's hear it for super producer Casey Pegram. Yeah. Yeah. We're and making this a live can show. Can we also hear it for regular contributor L'Oreal Dove? She didn't really contribute anything to this episode, but I just want to hear that Just sound. like that I sound like, cue. Oh, it's, it's, it's a delight. And while we're thanking everyone, uh, let's give it up, friends and neighbors, for Alex Williams, who composed our track. <laughs> and for our research associate, Christopher Hasiotis, who, spoiler alert, may end up on this show. And who, spoiler alert, needs a sound effect. Yeah, yeah. Casey, we defer to you. Give me later. We'll just, you know. Put it on the back burner. We'll work at it. You know what? Write to us and let us know what you think is. What do you think when you hear Haciendas? I think about the infamous club, the Hacienda, mm-hmm. owned by the guy that, um, you know, discovered Joy Division and uh, New Order and all that stuff. Remember, have you seen that movie, 24-Hour Party People? Oh, yeah. That's great. Wow, back. Great, great movie. When it's did that come the, out? It was like the early 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, and most importantly, give it up for yourself. You can if you want. Pat yourself on the back. Yeah. Give yourself a handshake. Don't be weirded out 
if people are looking at you, you play, are self-affirming. Play rock, paper, scissors with yourself. See, see what happens. Tell us who wins. Please. <laughs> In the meantime, we hope that you enjoyed our exploration of the history of mooning, at least a, a fraction as much as we have clearly enjoyed diving into it. I, I, I'm just tipsy with delight. And so our, our journey ends for today. That's the end of our episode, but not our show. Tune in again very soon for more ridiculous history. And last, but certainly not least, and we promise not bare butt related, mm. we're going on tour. If you happen to be in Philadelphia and would like a little bit of historical, what would you call it? No, historical entertainment? Shenaniganry? Sure. Yeah, we bring the pain, mm -hmm. the historical pain. That sounds not, not fun. You know what I mean. Yeah. We bring the fun, the fun pain. It's, it's and a, we're going to bring our butts. <laughs> yes, which which will remain squarely covered yes. with our pantaloons. Yeah, that is the ridiculous history uh, guarantee of quality. Mm -hmm. We will have our pants on the whole time. Uh, but yes, the rumors are true. You can find us on tour July 1st in Philadelphia along with our longtime pals and uh, founders of Mental Floss. Mm -hmm. Mango and Will. It's true. They are the host of Part-Time Genius. Won't you join us if you happen to be in town? You can find ticket information at phillypodfest.com. Um, they are on sale right now, and it's at 4 o'clock on Sunday, July 1st at the Trocadero Theater. So come get ridiculous with us in a, in a live setting. Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection, obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X. Visit tomboyx.com. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.